Welcome, welcome, welcome back, welcome back to You Don't Know Sports with Mitch and Mike. I'm Mike this Mitch. Mitch, what's going on, man? How you doing? How you doing, Mike? I'm doing very well. I'm ready to talk these sports with you this week. It's a beautiful week to talk sports. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Obviously, uh, you know, it's a it's a sad day in the sports world for a lot of people. They had the memorial for Kobe today, you know. Everybody was talking, it was uh was giving their their speeches, their fondest moments of Kobe and things of that nature. It was a it was a big time turnout at the state today. It was. It was an opportunity to remember uh, two grateful people, but also to pause and remember the families that, you know, that lost of levels as well. But per- pertaining to Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, it was a beautiful, you know, ceremony. It showed, you know, what type of impact they had, you know, even though uh, they both were young, um, quite frankly, from a, you know, age of living, um, to lose both of them was iconic. And it was a great celebration of life today at the Staples Center. Sure was. It's a blessing that we got a chance to see greatness and be able to witness somebody like Kobe be a father, be a great player on the court, but also be a father to his daughters. And uh, and transitioning on to a a much better note, uh, these these Washington Nationals, um, the defending champions, Washington Nationals, they they came out and uh, have started spring spring training, have already started playing some games. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have some conviction in that Washington Nationals World oh, yeah. Series title. You know, it's it's been a little bit long overdue, but we're excited. You know, they've been uh, playing good baseball, Mike. They uh, started off in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida with a rain delay, unfortunately. But they finally uh, got in the win column yesterday with the Brandon Snyder walk-off. Um, and it was very, very uh, insightful in that winning because, uh, you know, I had the privilege to uh, work with uh, Lake Lewis with the uh, sports journey as a Washington Nationals beat writer, Mike. And I chose... Mm-hmm. My bold predictions as Austin Voth being the fifth candidate um, in the pitching rotation. He was absolutely phenomenal yesterday, Mike. Very efficient in two uh, scoreless innings. Uh, today, they uh, unfortunately uh, lost to the Mets 2-1. to one, But your Washington Nationals are showing you that they have the tools, they have the composure, and most of all, um, they're, they're taking that low management precautionary route with guys like Ryan Zimmerman, Max Scherzer, um, you know, even a couple more veterans like Steven Strasburg. You know, they don't need to really see anything about that. Only thing they're, you know, on their agenda, Mike, and itinerary is to repeat as World Series champions. Yeah, definitely. Well, right now they're, they're 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 looking for the other pieces that can help contribute to that championship championship title defense. Because yeah, like you said, we know what Strasburg, Scherzer, guys like that are going to do. We don't even have to we don't even have to worry about that. But we want to see who else can bring something to the table. Who else can can can, can take us over the hump this year. It's gonna be a tough year, man. We all, we all, we already know and how how this goes in the sports world. Whenever you win a championship, the following season coming into that uh, that following season, whatever sport it is, you're you are the hunter. You Absolutely. are the team that everybody's gunning for. You're gonna get every team's best back, and for 162 nights, you're gonna have to bring your A game. It's it's a it's a mental challenge every game. Absolutely. And, yeah, I'm not, I know these. I know this national team uh, is definitely gonna be ready for that challenge. Yeah, and the biggest question mark, Mike, is the void at third base right now and trying to f- fulfill the vacancy uh, left by Anthony Rendon. He was a phenomenal player, what a what a phenomenal young man in the in the in the clubhouse. But pertaining to that third base vacancy, the the guy that they're they're rooting for, Mike, is their t- their best player, the best prospect from a young um, intangible and their their youthful farm. You know, Mike Rizzo's done an unbelievable job. I 
you know, make a comparison like Mike Rizzo in the Washington Nationals, you know, farm rotation consistently over the years, you know, building and developing players reminds me of, you know, the, the good uh, Greg Popovich in the, you know, with the San Antonio Spurs, how they develop people, how they take chances on young prospects and build them into great players. You know, we can talk about Juan Soto, Victor Robles, and then also to Trey Turner. But now we're talking about Carter Keeble, Mike. Carter Keeble has the opportunity to fulfill that vacancy. I, I wrote an article as well, compares him to Rafael Devers during my time I spent in Boston, um, you know, covering Boston Red Sox. I saw that comparison in a young man. They're both similar age. They both have unbelievable bats. But the question, Mike, Mark, the question, Mark, Mike, usually is, can you play defense with a young age in, in Major League Baseball? You know, errors at the what they call the hot corner, um, you know, causes concerns. So Davey Martinez has his, um, you know, his eyes anticipated on finding and honing in on his third base starter. That's 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 amazing. I'm I'm, looking, I'm really looking for this next. It's funny you bring up Juan Soto because I, I that, that that was my next question for you, Mitch. What what is his ceiling for a year a year like this? Coming off coming off the amazing season he had last year, you know, being that young, making the big time plays and big moments that he made in the playoffs when they needed it most. What's his what's what's his ceiling for for a season like this? How how far can he go? Well, you know, uh, Juan Soto, the biggest thing with him, Mike, is he has youth. But to have youth, Mike, and win a World Series, you know, this year, this age, this time, you know, it's unprecedented. You know, he had an unbelievable postseason, Mike. He became the the youngest player uh, in the in the baseball season, Mike, to get the very bond treatment. You know, to have, to draw 100 walks. So when you're drawing 100 walks, that shows what type of attention you're commanding from opposing pitchers. Oh yeah. Um, he he had an unbelievable postseason. He had a point. He had a had a batting average of uh, three 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 above you know uh, three 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 with three home runs and two doubles, um, and he had you know six eventful runs scored in the fall classic. So looking at you know Juan Soto, I think the ceiling is high for him. He shows you he has an unbelievable defensive arsenal. Um, he can you know ch- chase down any ball hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, his instincts are phenomenal. But from a batter standpoint, you know I think Davey Martinez now with Rendon gone, you're going to see Juan Soto command. Uh, the the best hitter uh, makeup for that Washington Nationals lineup. I I foresee him either hitting um, cleanup or even at the third, um, you know, in the batting order, just because of his skills and ability. But the ceiling is high for him. He might might be the young one of the youngest players to ever win a major league uh, most valuable player. We'll see what happens. But Juan Soto's excited to get back and, like you said, defend the World Series championship. Yeah, I would definitely. I see his feeling as being very high as well. This guy, when I, I when I was watching the play, I'm not even just on defense, but it's not even the fact that he had the amount of hits that he had. It's when he made the hits; they were timely. It, it, it'll be times when the Nationals are in big time scoring drop. Here comes Juan Soto getting knocking one out the park. I play. It was just it was just amazing seeing him grow as the year goes on. You could just tell he that rookie. He had to take that rookie label off of him. He wasn't playing like a rookie anymore. He was playing like a season player. And he was a, he was a big-time captain of this national uh, 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 championship team. And this year, uh, this upcoming season, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how, how this match responds to the challenge uh, ahead of dinner. As we transition, we, when we come back, we will get into some college basketball. Because Mitch and, Mitch and I both know of some hometown teams that need to step in there, that took some L's this weekend and need to step their game up. We'll get back you know no sport. It's in Mike.
Welcome back to You Don't Know Sports with Mitch and Mike. I'm Mike, that's Mitch, and we definitely got to give him some basketball because this is that it's that time of the year. It's that time of the year, Mitch, where it's go time. These games mean a lot, and we're almost at that March Madness Conference Championship time, uh, tournament time of year. Absolutely, Mike. You know, you want to get your you know, your right form, you want to get your, your confident. But most of all, Mike, you want to get the right chemistry for this time of year because it's a pivotal game. It's a one-game elimination for that big prize national championship. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt as well. So I, I've had, I've had, I've had the, the opportunity to cover Georgetown, and you know, Georgetown is one of those teams on Joe on Joe Lenardi's list of uh, last four out. Right, and they had a big opportunity on Saturday, coming coming off a loss, a uh, loss on, on on Wednesday against um, I forget, I forget it was, I think it was against it was Butler, it was against Butler, Butler, I believe. They 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 had, they had a game and. Um, no, excuse me. It was Providence. It was <laughs> Georgetown played Providence on Wednesday and had a loss. But coming off that loss, they played DePaul on Saturday and they had a chance to get a big win on the road. This is a DePaul team that they had already defeated uh, a, a couple weeks ago. They had defeated them in D.C. They went to DePaul and it was a tough battle back and forth. Jamarco Pickett had a solid game. Javon Blair played played a nice game as well. They had about they had three or four players in double figures. But they weren't able to pull out the win. DePaul was just too strong. They beat them by six, and and that that's a these games count. All these games matter. And, you know, without without Matt McClung, without Omir Yurt Seven, their two best players, Georgetown continues to show that they can hang in these games. But they're just not being able to finish down the stretch. They come out and they have these strong starts in the first half and get get out the nice lead. But in the second half, when teams start to figure them out and start to tighten up on defense. It's hard for Georgetown to find their shots and really find their rhythm offensively. And I've noticed that over the last few weeks. Uh, without without Mac McClung, without your seven, it's just a struggle for this Georgetown team to score. But, you know, I, I'm still optimistic about this team because even without them struggling to score, that they've still shown that they can be competitive, that they can hang in these games. They just have to make those few plays in the end that decide winning or losing. They have to be able to convert those plays and be able to come out on top. But... Uh, right now, right now, off a two-game losing streak, it's not looking too good for Georgetown, but they're still in the conversation. Absolutely, and that's what you would like to be this time of year in the conversation. You know, as bad as that might seem, Mike, you know, being on the, you know, Joe Lillardi's, uh on the outside of it, the last four in, last four out, excuse me, you know, that, that speaks prominence of Patrick Ewing. That speaks prominence of this Georgetown program ascending up with right. But yeah. with a four-game four schedule, Mike, I'm looking at it, you know, I see, I see Marquette. I see the Marcus Howard. You know, mm-hmm. at Marquette game, how oh, big yeah. is that game for them? And what do you think Patrick Ewing's going to have to get out of his kids to get a big win on the road? Oh, he well, I, oh, I, I'm not going to lie to you, um, Mitch. I've been, I, I will say this. I've been very impressed with Patrick Ewing. What I've seen over the last, last few weeks or so, he's coaching some. He's coaching some basketball on this team because he's got these guys playing. He's got these young guys coming off the bench, giving him some great minutes. Uh, these these young centers that he's molding, uh, Cutis Wahab and EGFA, these are young freshman centers that he's molding. Watch out for these guys three or four uh, for the next three years. They're under Patrick Ewing. You're going to hear about these names for a long time. But I will say that this Marquette game is huge because Georgetown had an opportunity to beat them in D.C. But Marquette, uh, Marcus Howard, has the uh, who is the number one scorer in the country, put on an absolute show. He gave them 42 points, uh, and and it just it was it was too much. They beat them by four. So, with I think on the road, backs against the wall, 
They've been there before. The, 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 the last time we saw Georgetown with their backs against the wall against a big time opponent rank, it was when they went up when they went up to Butler and they beat them on the road. So I think Georgetown, if they come in with the right mentality without without year seven and possibly without McClung. Maybe Matt comes back this game, but possibly McClung and year seven. I think uh, Georgetown has a high possibility of winning because they really spread the ball around. They really know how to get, get their players in their spots. And there's something about this team. They, they, they seem to play free, very free on the road when they're the big-time underdogs. They seem, to, they seem to relish in those moments and really come out on top. So I think this Marquette game is huge, it's especially with a team that's as hungry as Georgetown is because they know to stay in Joe, in Joe Lenardi conversation, every game counts, every game matters, and they, and they know now is the time. Absolutely. You don't only want to impress Joe Lenardi, you want to impress the college basketball committee, right? You want to make sure your schedule and your record shows that it's balanced and shows that you play very well in the pivotal games, primetime games, and most importantly, on the road. And pertaining to on the road, Mike, you know, they're not, the, the, the surging Maryland Terrapins, I believe they're ranked, uh, I think, seventh on, as of yesterday. They took a tough yeah. loss on the road, Mike. They, they yeah. went to Ohio State, and that just shows you, Mike, the longevity, but most of all, the consistent and I think deepest league in America, the Big Ten, because to, to go to Ohio State, Mike, you have to play good. You can't just go in there and, you know, as they say, adjust. You got to really pay an impeccable game to go out of that, um, you know, arena with a win. And that's yep. not what happened for Mark Church. And then they ran into a wall and they ran into Chris Holtman's defense. His defense was a wall. It was suffocating. They got Maryland uh, his leading scorer, Anthony Cowan, uh, to fall out early with only 10 points. Um, they were led by Aaron Wiggins, but it wasn't enough. But I will tell you, Mike, you know, as I'm looking toward the schedule, and I know you're going to get excited if you didn't already know, but college game day is coming to uh, College Park, Maryland, this Saturday for the big game, Saturday night versus Michigan State. Yep. Um, they're, they're, they're from the per release, the press release, excuse me, uh, per University of Maryland's website, and this, their spokes team, uh, spokesperson have said that the College Park Arena uh, Xfinity Center is going to open up and anybody can come in for a mission free uh, mm-hmm. to, to witness the college game day with Reese Davis and those guys. So, uh, you know, Maryland, you know, I'm looking at their schedule, Mike, they just lost nine. They, they, their, their first, they just suffered their, their uh, you know, pivotal loss in their nine game yep. winning streak. It's finally got snapped. But what if I told you that was a good thing for them as they prepare for this rocket stretch down um, they start off with Minnesota in a couple of nights, and then they head home to play against that bomb burner Michigan State defense. Yes, yes. Some, it's some, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I, I see where you're going because sometimes a loss isn't always a loss. It's not always a bad thing because you're riding high, you're on this nine-game winning streak, and you ran into a great team. This Ohio State team has beaten four teams already in the top ten this year. This is a special Ohio State team. So it's not like you lost to you know some scrubs or anybody. You lost to some players who could play. Some guys who can who can, who, can, who can really ball, and uh, and you, it was it was it was competitive kind of for, for the for the for the most part, and, and especially in the second half when it, when they started to come back and really turn the lead down. But I think for this Maryland team, like you said, to regroup. Sometimes sometimes you get to regroup, go back to the drawing board, and uh, like this Maryland team is very special. They've already shown that they're not the Maryland team of old. This is a team that can contend. Not only for the conference championship, but for the national championship, they're one of the they were, they're a team that could possibly potentially get to the final four. And I've been very impressed with what I've seen from them so far. This this loss it might not really be a loss in my book because they're going to be motivated and fired up for this game on Saturday. And and I know I know that even more so now that they have this loss, 
will add to the motivation and add to the fact that they'll be even more locked in, more focused, and want to come out with a big-time victory. Absolutely. And you talked about a team that, you know, is first in the Big Ten. You talked about a team that has, you know, championship intentions uh, to contend and bring a banner back to College Park. Uh, the first one since 2002, 2002 with right. Gary Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, for pertaining to that big dance that will, will uh, the college committee will get about on a beautiful Sunday night and pick the bracket. Um, what are a team? What is a team that you think, Mike, that has the capability to make that run? And I'm not talking about the Sweet 16. I'm talking about the beautiful Final Four. And tell me a team and a coach that you feel uh, enamored about to win a national championship. I'm not going to lie to you, uh, Mitch. It's the team Maryland's facing this weekend. It's Michigan State. This Michigan State is under, team has underachieved this year. They came in at the, as the preseason number one team. Uh, and they, and they've, they, they've uh, by those standards, they've tremendously underachieved this year. And But we've seen in the past that when it comes to the tournament, Tom Izzo and this Michigan State team doesn't does not care about the regular season. It's all about tournament time. And somehow, some way, they always find a way to be in the mix and be in the conversation of a championship. Last, last year, they came close. I think this is one of those years. Cassius Winston is one of those guys. He's just a special baller. And in his senior year, he's going he's gonna to come out and put on a show. I think, I think he's, he's one of the most experienced guys we have in this tournament. He's going to be ready. He's prepared. He's ready for the moment. He's been there before. He knows what he's getting himself into. And I think he'll, he'll outshine. A lot, a lot of stars in this in, in this tournament this year, and really and really put his name back back in the conversation as one of the potential most top draft picks coming into the next draft and the next uh, NBA draft coming up this year. But I, I'm definitely going with Michigan State and Tom Mitchell. He always finds a way to have his guys ready around tournament time. Absolutely, and if I could uh, give you another team that I've perceived yep. and uh, expect to make a run, and it's going with Chris Mack's Louisville Cardinal. Chris Mack, mm-hmm. you know, he had a phenomenal run in the tournament with with Xavier, right? You saw one of those teams that were very, very, you know, Mike, uh, you know, gritty. They, 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 they competed, but most of all, Mike, they made sure that you played all 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with this Louisville Cardinal, Mike, team, Mike, they have this team that contends in the ACC. And I'm not talking about just, you know, getting by the wayside, Mike. They're dominating. Um, right now, I believe they're playing against one of the phenomenal coaches in basketball, Florida State's head coach, Leonard Hamilton. Um, right. um, but I'm, I'm excited about Jordan Awar. This kid is absolutely phenomenal, Mike. He's, you know, leading the, the this talented Louisville Cardinal team with 18 points. And 18 points with seven rebounds. And do that consistently in the ACC speaks providence of his skill set. And I really think they'll have a, you know, a nice makeup, you know, with McMahon, um, the young point guard. Um, he's very seasoned. He, you know, he's made a lot of big shots um, for this program. And I just think with Chris Max, you know, coaching, you know, a guidance, I think they're going to make a serious run. Yeah, I, I love that pick because I love what I've seen from Louisville this year. You know, uh, Louisville has some big wins going to Duke, beating Duke and overtime at Duke. So it's, it's um, I, I like I like what I've seen from Louisville. And Louisville has always been one of those teams that. That is going to be in the mix because of how well they're how well run their program is. So I, I, I'm, I'm not mad, I'm not mad at that pick at all. Absolutely, and this is you don't know sports. We really appreciate you guys listening. And so you would just t- take the break. We'll be right back as we preview the NFL Draft Combine in Indianapolis. Thanks so much. This is you don't know sports with Mitch and Mike.
Welcome back to Dude on No Sports with Mitch and Mike. I'm Mike, that's Mitch, and we got the NFL Draft Combine to talk about Mitch. Talk to him. Absolutely, Mike. You know what they say, you make Indianapolis and you do so, um, you know, with hard work, but most of all, you show your God-given abilities in the various, uh, you know, treacherous drills that the NFL hopefuls have been, you know, anticipating and practicing, quite frankly, their entire life. Uh, we, we heard about the measurements today, we, and we, you know, Mike, you saw a little sassy, but you most of all, you saw this guy has an ego. He's ready to be a franchise quarterback, and I'm referring to Joe Burrow. Gotcha. He went out and got his, you know, the NFL draftees had their measurements today done. And um, Joe Burrow, Mike, he had, um, you know, increasingly small hands, and he went out on Twitter. It was absolutely phenomenal, funny, you know, with the comments saying that basically he should go out and retire because he doesn't think, uh, you guys think his hands are big enough to compete in the NFL, but I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow strikes me as one of those guys that has a little charisma to him. He, he, you can tell he, he probably took a lot of humor in that, especially after a season that he just had in college football. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, pertaining to some players that were, you know, very, very excited on, I'm going to let you uh, give your spill and, uh, you know, a couple guys that you're high on. But, Mike, I don't know if you saw the measurements a reveal, but I saw the measurements. Henry Ruggs with the biggest hands of any draft prospect at the receiver position. And Mike, they have already said that 27 receivers have been rated as high to go as first through third. So that shows you the substance. That shows you how deep this draft is. What they're saying is might be one of the best drafts ever. Um, so we'll see what happens. But pertaining to Henry Ruggs, I think this kid is phenomenal, Mike. He has the size, the speed to play right away in the NFL. He's polished. You know, really, really underrated route runner. But Mike, I'm really salivating over this kid because to play with Jerry Judy, <laughs> to play with Devontae Smith, to play with Eric, you know, Jalen Waddle, you know, you know, command talent each year and each out. And this young man has been phenomenal, Mike. I think he's going to blaze. You know, I think I'm going to predict a sub 40 with a 424 mm-hmm. with the young man. But, uh, and, you know, I'm comparison, comparing him to Tyler Lockett from Seattle. I think he's just a little bit more stronger. I think uh, Rocket Lockett might be a little bit faster, but we'll see what happens um, in the combine. And I tell you, a team that can use his substance, use his skill set, and his name's Bill Belichick. Uh, the New England Patriots get a hold of this young man. You know, the command was, you know, the problem was with the New England Patriots. They couldn't command and get a, you know, outside receiver. It didn't work for Antonio Brown. You know, um, Julian Edelman, they tried him outside, but everybody knows his impact being a slot receiver is his best um, position in the NFL. So for them to get their hold on a fast skill, Henry Ruggs third would be unbelievably phenomenal. Yeah, Henry Ruggs would help almost any team because you pretty much any team is able to – he'll be able to plug into any system and be able to, be able to flourish phenomenally. So, so I, I, I see Ruggs having a, an amazing NFL career. Uh, it's great news to hear that you know all of his measurements uh, measured out to the, the to the perfect extent where all, all the GMs wanted it to be. So Henry Rose is going to have a fine NFL career no matter what team he's on, and it's it's a plethora of teams that could use him. Uh, as far as as far as a, a couple of players that really stood out to me, um, I, I, I love Chase Young for sure. Of course, of course, that's the home that's the hometown kid. Uh, I love him, but I really love what I've seen from Antoine Winfield Jr. This guy's instinctive. He really reminds me of his pops. His pops was one of my favorite players coming out because he was a hybrid. He could play corner. He could play safety, play a little in-the-box line. But he was all over the place. And I, could, I see that similarities with Antoine Winfield Jr. This guy's all over the place. He's a, he's a hitter. He can cover. 
but his um he has to work on his on his uh his lateral movements a little bit a little bit. But what I what I've seen from him as far as a physical standpoint, how, can he last in this league? Oh yes, Antoine Jr. is one of those guys will be around for a long time, and whoever gets him in the draft is possibly getting a steal. And I'm very and I'm not gonna lie to you, Mitch. I'm very intrigued to see where one of these where the where the LSU wide receivers go. Uh, I'm talking about Jamar okay. Chase, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I'm really intrigued to see what teams you utilize them because what what we saw from them last year was NFL like. It was an NFL style offense, and we saw both those receivers go for over 1,400 yards and both combined for 36 touchdowns, 18 apiece. So it's 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 one of those situations where they 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 they're they're, they're so lethal and cerebral that uh, you you plug them into the right system, uh, like possibly the Patriots or or um, you know, you know, the Giants or somebody like that, that that that, that can that he's another receiver. Oh, yeah, they, they can definitely make some noise. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm going to stick with the hometown hero. The young man, I think, has been absolutely uh, shows you the foundation where he comes from. But uh, he's been an unbelievable, you know, uh, game changer for the University of Maryland. His name's Antoine Brooks. The young man from Duval High School, uh, Mike, is um, entering the NFL to combine as a safety. And, you know, last year, Mike, a young man, played safety in Maryland. Darnell Savage helped himself very tremendously at the NFL combine. Now, you probably won't see the same speed, but what you will see is technically sound. You will see a kid that um, NFL scouts and coaches probably covet, you know, in the one-on-one interviews. So I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hearing his name um, rising up on the NFL draft boards. He had a phenomenal senior bowl. I think the biggest thing for him is to show the NFL teams is, is he has the technique and most of all the speed uh, to play safety. But a team I think that can use him very – um, tremendously, as I'm staying with the Washington Redskins, right? Yeah, you look at the Landon Collins, um, you know, it's very sound, but his counterpart, Monte Nicholson, has been, you know, up and down. Um, so I think that for them to get a hold, you know, they traded Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Um, they, I mean, excuse me, they didn't trade him, but they let him go. They traded for him, but didn't keep him as the Chicago Bears right. resigned, uh, resigned him in free agency. But Antoine Brooks, Antoine Brooks would help the Washington Redskins out tremendously. And then I'm looking at the Minnesota Vikings. I think Mike Zimmer gets a hold of Antoine Brooks, you know, with Anthony Harris um, probably going away in free agency. I'm not sure if Minnesota's plans to bring him back, but I think he's a plug-and-play, a guy that Mike Zimmer was salvated over. You know, he has that demeanor. He plays football, and Mike Zimmer appreciates guys like that. Yeah, no doubt. Mike Zimmer's always been those hard-nosed, ball-hawk kind of kind of, kind of guys. He's feasting on, on guys like that, back even all the way back to his Cincinnati days. Um you're right about this Brooks kid, man. He's special. I remember watching Merlin games, watching him play. He was always he oh he has a nose for the football. He was always around the ball, and you know when, when, whenever whenever you're around making plays and always trying to make good things happen. And and, and 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 NFL scouts love that. So I, I I'm intrigued to see what team he what team he goes to and and how he how he he can excel in the NFL as well. He's he's a he's a transcending special talent. Yes, he is, and um, I'm gonna also. Uh, give a little um, praise, and I think I expect big things out of Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts, uh, he showed you, Mike, that you don't have to worry about any locker room not accepting Jalen Hurts, Mike. He's a guy that you'll run through a brick wall with just because of how composed, and most of all, he puts the team first. We know the story behind him accepting the role behind Tua, but the biggest thing is what he did at Oklahoma this year in a, you know, a complex NFL offense. Lincoln Riley's not getting calls in the NFL just because of how many points they put on the board. They're putting you know, calls in on Lincoln Riley, Mike, because of his complex offense, but it thinks they think it's identical to a scheme that's very efficient in the NFL. So Jalen Hurts, they go down, you know, two programs in Tuscaloosa, but also two to go to Norman, Oklahoma, and compete at the highest level. You know, he, he showed you a little bit 
um, question marks in the you know the championship playoff, but he also tried to answer them in the senior bowl. So his tape's ascending. I think you're going to see um, the bigger thing is with him is it's 40 time. If he can run a sub four five, Mike, expect Jalen Hurts' name to rise extremely high. No doubt, and it's, it's a high possibility with those long strides of his as well. He, yeah, you're right. You're right. We, we we all know how he how he was with two and how you know you know how altruistic he was, but at the same time, it's like. We also saw like the the hunger and the passion and the grit he how that he has when he was with Oklahoma. You know, it was times where we saw him he would he would have a, a dominated performance on Saturday, and and right in the game he's he's back in the weight room getting it in. It was just just put putting the extra time in right after the game. I mean that that mentality alone is something that you know you want to see from your quarterback position and. Jalen Hurts is just a natural-born leader. He'll be one of those guys that'll be in the league for a long time. And, um, you know, semantics are not this guy has a will to to win, and I know he'll he'll adapt and find his way in the NFL and really make it happen on the next level. Absolutely. We're anticipating a a very high, um, you know, highly publicized NFL combine just due to the talent and how deep the draft is from a receiver position. Um, and even a running back position. Um, I'm looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then I'm yep. even looking at, you know, guys like DeAndre Swift, mm-hmm. uh, who come from premier programs at LSU and Georgia, who guys are have the skill set, but you want to see what their 40 time is. You want to see how fast they are. You know, some of the, what the, the NFL combine reveals is, Mike, that twitch. It's, it reveals who has that flexibility. And I'll give you a prime example. Um, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, Mike. Gotcha. He, he, you know, they say, uh, seize the moment. They take the cards you dealt with. Well, man, did he not? Uh, he took him the, the cards he dealt with and took him off the table in the senior bowl, but even in the NFL combine, he showed you he's a polished route runner. Um, and I think NFL GMs are looking at guys like that. Um, see if we can get a value at the third round and get an absolute superstar. And that's what the Washington Redskins have in Terry McLaurin. Yeah, they sure. The Redskins have definitely built some pieces, and the Redskins are one of those teams that have made some tremendous moves in this offseason so far. And uh, I, I'm very intrigued to to see see what the rest of this offseason. But so far, I have to give it to them. The Redskins have have been very impressive in some of the moves they've made, some of the uh, the, the acquisitions they have in the front office perspective, and on the coaching staff. And um, I'm I'm look. I can't wait for training camp, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Redskins do this year. Yeah, and you know, Mike, what they say is, you you know, your your misfortune uh, can be somebody's blessing. Oh, and that's yeah. unfortunately uh, was a bit bittersweet for the Washington Redskins, and that's Ike your um, the young man, mm-hmm. uh, young receiver coach, uh, Grizzle. But we, you know, we had the pleasure to meet Ike at a training camp. What a phenomenal guy! First, right. father, a mentor, but most of all, he's a players resonates very well with the players. Uh, very players resonate very well with him. Excuse me. So, um, I kill your, you know, Mike got um, hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. My beloved Pittsburgh Steelers would be their receivers coach under Mike Tomlin. And Mike, I'm telling you right now, depending on how it goes with Randy Fickner, you wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised, Mike, if I kill gets an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator in the National Football League. You know, Mike Tomlin, uh, he's not, uh, you know, afraid to pull that button um, to mix stuff up. So I'm just telling you, man, what a talented receiver. Um, coach, the Pittsburgh Steelers have to finally see if they can get Juju Smith-Schuster back going, and sit, finally see if they can get the best out of James Washington with a you know a uprising rookie and Deontay Johnson. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Pittsburgh Steelers are definitely one of those teams, as young and as loaded as they are, they could be a Super Bowl contender. 
for sure. And um, you know, I know you love that video you saw the other day on social media of Big Ben throwing the football. I know, I know that brought a big time smile to your face. <laughs> it did because it's not uh Mason Rudolph or it's Devin Hodges throwing the, <laughs> the tennis ball. No disrespect to those guys, but the Pittsburgh Steelers only are as good as Ben Roethlisberger and the whole entire uh, Yentzers, what we, they call the fans, but the Steeler Nation are excited to see Big Ben back throwing the football. He hasn't been clear yet, but he's making great, great progress to be ready for training camp. Sorry, Mason. Sorry, guys. The Steelers just have high standards. It's, it's a Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl type of, type of vibe. It's just, it just is what it is. You know, that, that, that's how they roll. So, um, yeah, that, that's that wraps up this segment uh, on you on you don't know sports here with Mitch and Mike. And that wraps up today's episode of You Don't Know Sports with Mitch and Mike. I'm Mike, and that's Mitch. And we appreciate you guys, 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 for tuning in every week, listening to us. And we appreciate y'all feedback as well, Mitch. We appreciate the, your love. We appreciate your insight, most of all, Mike. I appreciate another week with you. Excited to talk about sports again next week, Lord willing. Everybody have a great night. Thanks again. Always, but always a good time, man.